Welcome to the Expose Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Molly. And we're just a couple of goofy gals here to tell you about topics and get down to the real nitty gritty of it all. We are here to help you navigate through the confusing ins and outs of hot topics and get down to the truth. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned and listen to our next topic. Thanks for listening to the Expose. Hey, everyone. It's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything with Me podcast. And you're listening to Rachel and Molly on the Expose podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. This is Molly from the Expose, and we're doing things a little differently today due to the elephant in the room, I guess, the coronavirus. We're practicing some social distancing this week. Um, Rachel is not here, but I do have here a person that cannot socially distance themselves because we're stuck in the same house together. Will, my husband, is here. Say hello. Am I supposed to say hello now? <laughs> yes. Okay, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so Will's going to help me talk about um, the Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn. And Grand Poobah. <laughs> I, think, um, I think he is probably really excited about this. <laughs> Disclaimer. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is completely different from the Golden Dawn political party in Greece. The latter are neo-Nazis. Also, they are not Satanists. <laughs> but before we do that, um, just a couple things. We did get in some expose shirts, and I'm excited to show everybody those. And that also means we'll be sending that off to our prize winner, Nyla. And we're really excited about that. Another thing is just go ahead and while you may be in isolation, spread the word. Check out our past episodes Tell your friends to check out our past episodes. That would be amazing. And we're going to try to be putting stuff up on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can search the Expose podcast on any of those, and I'm sure that will lead you to us. We are the one with the big red mouth on the front. Other than that, um, Will, how are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. Uh, you know, just trying not to go crazy, stuck in the house 24-7, 365. Yeah. What do you know? Do you know anything about the occult? Other than it sounds scary. I think of uh, like H.P. Lovecraft and like the Cthulhu and all that <laughs> when I think of the occult. Okay. So, yeah, it's probably more along the lines of like tarot cards and like oh. runes. Runes? Thor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was a big kind of renaissance or revival, maybe would be the better word, of occultism back in the 19th century. And out of that came this society that we're talking about today, the Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn. So occult and occult are different things? Uh, yes. Okay, <laughs> just checking. <laughs> sometimes no. Sometimes they interlap. Yes, yeah, sometimes you have an occult cult. I guess. So come join the occult cult. Yeah. It's a great tagline. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, so basically, some of these societies were obviously more serious and more dedicated towards occultism. And some of them were kind of like, it was fashionable at that time. <laughs> fashionable? Yeah, it was fashionable. <laughs> what does that mean? It's like, you know what? <laughs> Bell bottom pants are coming back in. <laughs> uh, you know what's really coming back in? Praising Satan. <laughs> well, summoning it's, demons. It's not about praising Satan, <laughs> oh, okay. summoning demons. Although, I don't know, maybe some people were into that. But it was really fashionable. I mean, <laughs> if you think about like turn of the century, um, you know, eight late 18s and stuff, there was just this really big interest in, in like mortality. Well, yeah, they only lived to like, what, 32 <laughs> back then? So I'm sure they, yeah. sure they probably wanted to figure out a way to expand their lifespans. Um, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, there's a lot of art and stuff, well, from all across the history, um, the memento mori, which is like memento of reminding us of immortality, basically. And there was kind of a revival on that kind of art and everything like seances were a huge deal back in the late 1800s as well as egyptologists oh, seance. did you ever see the those ghost hunter shows where they get together and they hold hands and they scream at the ghost like come out here and face us ghost <laughs> i think it was more like more a little bit more subdued as in like uh, it was more like a lot of chanting we are speaking to <laughs> we are you know knock twice did you ever do it as a kid i never really did that much my sister Oh, my half sister would do it where you're like light as a feather, stiff as a board. Oh, yeah, I think that's maybe light as a feather, stiff as a board. I'm guessing that's probably more of like a girl party thing. Uh, girl party thing. I mean, what, 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 I can't imagine what, a bunch what, of what guys. was the occult version of the boy party? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Oh, well, we, we never mind. I was gonna make a really bad joke about light as a feather, stiff as a board, but oh, Lord. <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so they were big into seances and kind of communing with spirits, occultism and past past religious, I don't know if you'd say religious or spiritual, but also like Egyptology, which I mentioned was huge. And they would have mummy unwrapping parties, which somebody brings in a mummy that they found in Egypt. And basically everybody gets to take a turn unwrapping part of the cloth on the mummy. And a lot of times you'd find, you know, jewels and gems that I guess you got to take home as party favors. Yeah, I wonder what would be in my wrapped up mummy. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't know what. What would I want wrapped up? I think I'd want something that was like more of a instead of like something happy, something really negative. Like, mm. like a, you ever see those things where you put like a toy in a box and you crank it and it springs out and a scares you? Jack in the box? Yeah, yeah. That's what I would want. I would want my mummy, whenever somebody unwrapped me, be like, or that, or like a snake in a jar. You're like, oh, I'll have this, this nice cran of candy. Open it up. <laughs> Although I don't know that, you know, the ancient Egyptians intended they weren't into, to be They weren't into unwrapped. gag comedy. I think they thought they were going to be basically resurrected. <laughs> well, yeah, but that, see, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be you know, rewarded for grave robbing. If I was an ancient Egyptian, I would have kept all my gold, you know, it would have been wrapped in a place where they wouldn't want to unwrap. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I think at a certain point that you no longer have to worry about that. Well, I mean, <laughs> if I'm, you know, hanging out with King Tut in the afterlife, I want to make sure that I can look down and see my tomb not, you know, tarnished, not, you know, des or des defecrated. Desecrated. Wait, desecrated by, you know, tomb robbers. <laughs> not defecated. Tomb Raider. I don't want Tomb Raider coming in there and <laughs> shooting up the place and stealing stuff. Okay. <laughs> 
but yeah, would you would you attend a, an Egyptian mummy unwrapping party? What's the what's the spread like? I I don't know. I wasn't there. I mean, if they if they're serving cold cuts, probably not. But if they you know they got shrimp or something like that, maybe. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, coming out of all of this interest in the occult and kind of past um, spiritualisms was born the Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn and other societies like it. But this one seems to be the one that really persisted in literature and is the most well-known. So basically, three guys, um, British men, in 1888 started the society. Um, William Westcott, Samuel Mathers, and the last guy was Woodcut. And I don't remember his first name. Um, but anyway, woodcut's a cooler name when it's just by itself. Woodcut, yeah. <laughs> woodcut. Who's he? <laughs> That's woodcut. <laughs> um, so basically, they they got some papers given to them by a friend, um, and these papers are what is known as the cipher manuscripts, which was basically sixty folios, which I think is just fancy for pages, written on cotton paper and watermarked in eighteen oh nine. So. I myself am a little bit confused as to why these papers that were written in 1809 were so important to them, um, but evidently they were imparting some ancient knowledge and teachings about from mysticism and occultism in the past. And what were they? What was this? These papers written in, or like- they were written on basically some type of cipher. Oh. So when I say that, I mean like. So it's like Da Vinci Code. Yeah, like you had <laughs> to, to solve it. You had to like take a table of the alphabet and like on this line, like you match up the letters and decode it. Like kind of oh. like you know one of those action packs that you bought as a kid in like puzzle packs, word I, were word puzzles and like oh, codes that you decode. I guess I was a nerd from an early age. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, as a kid, I wasn't sitting around doing crosswords. I mean, oh, I was outside biking oh, or something. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, these cipher manuscripts were thought to contain ancient hermetic knowledge and the mystical rituals of the secret society of magi. Now, you may have heard of the magi. Yeah, from uh, the mummy and the mummy returns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was actually my first thought. And, that guy was my favorite character in the series. Oh, you're, I'm Brendan Fraser all the way. No, I, I liked the the Magi guy. I don't remember his name, but I was like, if I was going to be anybody in this story, I would be I would be the Magi. The Magi, okay. <laughs> but anyway, they're also for anybody who I guess has is familiar with biblical stories. The three kings were Magi that came to bring gifts to Jesus upon his birth. Yeah, um, they got him like what a PlayStation Five. Nintendo Switch. Maybe if Jesus was born again today, that's what we He's would bring. He's coming. <laughs> He's coming, folks. <laughs> Anyways, so um, they had these mis- these uh, magi religious things, and I guess there is a religion, Zoroastrianism, which was founded by Zarathustra, um, and that was the religion of the magi, founded in the 13th century BC. So anyway. These manuscripts that they were following had crude crude drawings on them, kind of instructions for teaching some rituals and that kind of thing, and tarot card instructions. Um, So, yeah, that sounds really legit. Um, They were given to them by a Masonic scholar. So already we have our first link. Sonic gave it to them? Masonic. Oh, okay. So already we have our first link to sketchiness because... 
any good conspiracy theory can trace itself back to the Masons, the Freemasons, right? Yeah, they're always building stuff with bricks. <laughs> Freely, though. They're not forced to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so from there, they got the address, which was, I guess, included in these supposedly ancient manuscripts of Anna Sprengel in Germany. And they tracked, they went to the address, and there was Anna. And she was supposedly a Rosicrucian adept who could talk to the secret chiefs, which are a group of divinities, I guess, that instructed her to give permission to Westcott and Mathers to found the Society of the Golden Dawn, and they started their temple. Why did they pick the Society of the Golden Dawn? I don't know what the Golden Dawn part of it is, but the Hermetic Society, like Hermetic traces its roots back to the god Hermes, basically. Uh, All I'm picturing is this like a giant golden statue of some guy named Don. Just standing there. What? Don. Yeah, like D-O-N. Yeah. And Golden Don. I was like, hey, this Golden Either that or the Society of the Golden. Put a G at the end of that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) Um, so they had the blessing to start their their society, even though um, the manuscripts that they got were probably fakes or some kind of forgery because it referred to a lot of stuff that hadn't even been found yet, like um, Egyptian imagery that wasn't known to anybody before the discovery of the Rosetta Stone in 1822. Wow. So, yeah. So there was kind of a turbulent period of time that they went through where very quickly they splintered off into different sects. Um, The actual Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn was basically defunct by 1901. Um, But after that, they splintered off into different groups. One was called the Alpha et Omega, and the other one was called the Stella Matutina. These guys sure have a flair for names, don't they? They like Hebrew and... Latin and like Egyptian st- motifs. Oh, okay. So a lot of their temples, there was one that's called like Osiris or no Isis Uranius. <laughs> that didn't age well. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one is like at Athoth or something. I don't know some like Egyptian word. Anoth- <laughs> um, Thoth is Oth. another one. It's like if you have a um, bunch of food in your mouth, apparently you try to say it. <laughs> but what their beliefs are kind of based upon is the Hermetic Kabbalah, astrology, um, geomancy, alchemy, occult tarot, pretty much anything from the past like 5,000 years. Oh, so um, they any- pretty much just combine it all into one. But the biggest, the biggest belief they have is like the Hermeticism, which is that there is one true ancient theology that is present in all religions. So they're basically trying to find the connections in, between all religions and spiritualities, link them together to find the truth. The one ancient truth that was commuted from the creator down to. So do they, they study like Christianity and yeah. Jewis, J- Jewism, Judaism, <laughs> and like Islam and stuff like that? Yes, they do. They pretty much... I haven't really heard a lot to do with Islam, but I don't know. A lot to do with, um, I I know that they looked into like Buddhism and that kind of thing as well. But um, a lot of the beliefs come from the Kabbalah, which is, as we know, like the Jewish text and mixing in a lot of Egyptian and Greek ideas in there as well. So their main belief revolves around the tree of life that's found in the Kabbalah. And that's kind of how they've actually structured their order as well, based on you kind of climb up the tree of life towards divinity. 
um, mm-hmm. as a person. So you start with like the body and then you moved on to like your mind and then the soul tier and then like the divine tier. So sounds like a crazy pyramid scheme. <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, so that's basically the, the, ski, the, the thing there. It was mainly European. They did have some temples in the United States. Um, and they were defunct, kind of died out by the First World War. Um, but there were some temples that stayed open until the 70s. Wow. You can apply to become a member of the Golden Dawn. You would just have to progress up through the levels. Um, you become a neophyte first, and then you would progress up through the First Order, which is the normal people, the Outer Order um, and then once you became adept at that, you would pass into the second order, at which point you can begin to commune with the secret chiefs, which are the divine entities. Um, A bunch of people named Don. <laughs> the divine entity, men and women, I guess. Uh-huh. The Dons. <laughs> that um, you can communicate with. And then the third order would be the top tier. The one um, true Don. <laughs> there is like a magus and I think an imperator. Um, the top. Um, so, and this is a lot to do with Freemasonry, how they structured it, like going through tiers and membership and that kind of thing. Um, it's built kind of after this Rosicrucian idea. Some of the famous people who were in this include, Tom Cruise. No. Oh. <laughs> W.B. Yates was oh. part of this. Um, so was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I could see him being part of it. Didn't he believe in fairies and all that jazz? Yeah, he was really in... I think he tried to, like, prove fairies were right. Um, Bram Stoker. um, Dracula. That's where she got the idea. (laughs) And then one of the most controversial figures is Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley is regarded as a defector by the Order, and they do not support what he did later in life. (gasps) Not Crowley. So, obviously, if you're familiar at all with occultism and everything, he's a big figure in that. Um, He was only a member of the Golden Dawn for a period of time at the beginning. And then he branched off and he did start his own religion. So, when people say, like, hear that he's involved with the Golden Dawn, they often think that, oh, they're Satanists then, you know, and they're evil and that kind of thing. Well, Crowley went and did his own thing. And that's kind of where um, that whole idea comes from is his own religion, sect, whatever you want to call it, which isn't really Satanism, but um, it does have some of the ideas that like Satanists adhere to, I guess. Um, So his religion was called Thelema. I don't know if I'm saying that right. The laws of Thelema. Thelema. So there are three laws of Thelema. The first one is do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Basically means that you should seek out to follow your true path. And determine by your own true will what you're supposed to do. Mm. Love is the law. Love under will, too. So basically, love itself is subsidiary to finding and manifesting your own authentic purpose or mission. And the third one is every man and every woman is a star. Oh, man. (laughs) Slay queen. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, it's saying that every person that's doing their wills are like stars in the universe Occupying a time and position in space, yet distinctly individual and having an independent nature, largely without conflict with the other stars. So it was kind of a philosophy that you should do whatever you want as long as you're not hurting other people and they're 
nothing is really do you think, wrong if it fulfills your purpose. Do you think purpose. the golden dons abide by the golden rule? They're actually um, generally considered to be pretty, like, they follow pretty closely Christian ideals as far as what it comes to, like, out in the world. Okay. And a lot of things, like, they follow, they really are into, like, archangels and, like, <laughs> seraphim, cherubim, all that kind of stuff. They do these rituals where they invoke like the names of the archangels and they'll say them like in Hebrew and, and I don't know, they, they do a lot of stuff with that. And then Enochian, which is supposedly the ancient like language of the archangels is something that they're into too. So anyway, like I said, it kind of died out for good in the seventies until recently when people kind of, it started to gain some more traction again. So like in current time. Yeah. So today, if you search the hermetic society of the golden Dawn, you will find um, multiple different websites and stuff that are all about it. The biggest one, however, is led by this man named David Griffin, David Griffin, David Griffin. Do you think he's ever tried to summon a Griffin? I don't know, but he calls himself, he's the Imperator of the Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn. He's way, at the very top. Way to stay humble, Imperior. Yeah. So he is the highest skilled Golden Dawn member of. <laughs> highest skilled? Well, the sk- highest skilled mage. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. He could cast a 10th level spell. <laughs> Basically. And, and that's kind of honestly how it works. Like when they talk about it, I've watched a few videos because they have like a live webinar session online and they do talk about it kind of like that like when you're at level one you can cast like these types of spells when you're at level two you can move on to like spells of invoking or i don't know whatever it may be so um but yeah he and his lady friend i don't know what her name was but they're in all these videos and they're talking very soothingly about finding your inner peace um serving a purpose and then <laughs> about a minute 10 the video took a weird turn because they started talking about like other dimensions and basically like they started saying like that we're going to break through to the other dimensions and then the video went into this weird montage of people saying <laughs> David Griffin <laughs> this guy sounds like he's full of himself yeah it was like an eagle was flying and then like it cut into sure like it wasn't a griffin you know what? It could have been. Um, and then it cut into like people, like YouTube clips of people mentioning David Griffin, David Griffin, David Griffin, David Griffin, you know, all this stuff. And it was really weird. And um, I feel like it was casting some subliminal spell on me or trying to through YouTube. Uh. Anyway, um, he, his website, I went to it. You can go to it too. It is like basically the golden dawn dot com or dot org or something like that um dot net and it basically tells us that the main goal of the golden dawn today as run by by david griffin they are run they they are the powers that be they are rendering us uncontrol or they are rendering us controllable and want to place us in a simulation okay the elite want us to believe we are living in a simulation because then we're controllable and moreover, by turning you into a cyborg, it will be easy for them to reprogram you in any direction that suits their purpose. So wait, so they, they think that the like the government wants the people to believe that the people are in, in some sort of simulation? Yes, because then they accept things but and why, they don't revolt. Then why don't the government tell the people that they're in a simulation? Because we wouldn't accept that right away. Oh, we so to... we're being eased in. Yeah. Kind of being... teased at the simulation for, yeah, at first. Yeah, being turned into cyborgs slowly. 
Uh, okay. So are yeah. they are they like a bunch of Luddites and they don't like do anything with technology or what? No, they. I mean, they have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, okay. <laughs> they're they're good. They're good. Then. The website does kind of look like something out of like the early 2000s. Like I could see the copyright on the website says copyright 1888 to 2000 to 2020. And I was like, I don't, I'm pretty sure that you don't have to like put the 1888 part on there. But yeah, so basically they're going to reprogram you once they turn you into a cyborg, censoring you. sounds kind of cool, cyborg. (laughs) Censoring you and depriving you of your act to write no, your right to act and think freely or creatively. So it's they're basically government stealing your agency. Yeah. And magic has always been the surefire method, the only surefire method to preserve your total freedom, your free will, your creative self, and your right to live your life as your own master. Mm. And it, it points to the elimination of free thinkers like Martin Luther King, JFK, Princess Diana, and Pope John Paul as red flags. Oh. So, so every time somebody gets assassinated, that's famous. <laughs> if <laughs> Just, they're a free thinker, yes. Okay. <laughs> and so basically it goes on and on about how magic will free you. You don't you don't want to like succumb to all of this, blah, blah, blah. And it's one of those, I don't know if you've ever gone on like a website that you know they're going to sell you something because like they type a sentence and then they press return. And then they, you know, like yeah. and they use like different fonts and it's really long. Like you have to keep scrolling and scrolling like when you look, you go to the website and you look at the like scroll bar, it's like a little tiny dot like moving up and down. So then you get to the enroll today while this is still on offer at an amazing low price. Wait, why would you? First off, <laughs> how, how long? You said this is an insanely long yeah, thing, right? Yeah, it's like something that you'd probably sit there and take like 10, 15 minutes to read. Well, I mean, you got to be really lost spiritually to spend 10 to 15 minutes reading something. Just to get to like, you know, oh, they want to charge me money. Well, here's the thing. I mean, they're going off of a very well-known, basically what like Wiccan and like all of these present day, like new agey people founded their beliefs Uh, off of. So if you're using the name of the Golden Dawn. They're just trying to tap into. Yeah. So like if you're there and you're wanting to join the Golden Dawn, maybe you are reading through this. I don't know. But yeah, so you scroll down and then you get to the part where you can enroll today. And basically For five easy payments of 99 99. <laughs> basically it tells you that not everybody can get in. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, poor you're people. going to have to, <laughs> you're going to have to answer this questionnaire first and then they will send you this amazing package of multiple eBooks and cool. um, like it looked like there was a CD-ROM in the picture. And then it has a picture of David Griffin in like a pharaoh hat. I don't know what you would call that, but like the pharaoh headdress like you see on King Tut. Okay. And then like his lady friend standing there. <laughs> his lady friend. <laughs> and um, basically these this is, is a course that you can virtually do to move through the orders, the, the different levels of the society. But you're going to have to take the questionnaire first and only certain people that have the strength of character and everything are going to get in. It's like measuring feeding levels. Yeah. So what you got to do is you got to click enroll now and then they'll have you take the quiz and then they'll let you know if, if you're going to get in. And if they do, then you'll get your package. What do you think the odds are that everybody gets in? <laughs> I, I tried to find like somewhere online where somebody didn't get in. I couldn't find it. Um, I didn't really find a whole lot of people talking about it, to be honest. But 
<laughs> um, I found a lot of people talking about like the society of the Golden Dawn, but not about this particular like online portion of it. So originally the package is worth $1,188, which is a strange number to arrive at, but yeah. that's what it's worth. But we have that crossed out beside it. It's only $199 right now. So it's a very amazing deal. It's like a 90% off <laughs> I think deal it'd here. be funnier if they made it like... <laughs> insane like normally this package runs at a high rate of one million dollars well, but mean, if you, you call in the next half hour we'll give it to you for 24.99 and if you act fast we'll throw in another ebook but if you really think about it will the cost what is the cost of saving your soul and letting yourself live your life as it's meant to be well if it means saving my soul or paying my rent i guess <laughs> If I don't you, know. I guess I'll be evicted, rid- <laughs> but I'll be in heaven. <laughs> once you rid yourself of the earthly, the bodily needs, and you move on to the soul and the divine tears. Well, here's a question for they you. They also are believe in reincarnation, by the way. So, uh-huh. I mean, it's all temporary. It's probably better to invest in your future life. What is David Griffin doing with all the cash I'm sending him? Well, he puts out YouTube videos in which he has lots of gold rings that have like Egyptian hieroglyphs mm. and runes on them and he has like a set of like solid gold runes that he reads and stuff like that seems so, like a trustworthy guy to send my cash yeah to. i mean is it that much different from like the televangelists who sit on their golden thrones on <laughs> no but still it's <laughs> at least at least they have like a, the backing of like you know chris quote <laughs> unquote christianity yeah but but anyway so yeah you can enroll um, you can pay with Visa, MasterCard, American Express, or oh, Discover. Oh, they even accept American they Express. They do. And there is a 60-day risk-free money-back guarantee. <laughs> That's what I want with my religion. <laughs> money-back guarantee. <laughs> so if you're not satisfied. Now, here's the thing. Here's <laughs> you're not satisfied. <laughs> if you're not reaching self-actualization within 60 days. <laughs> You'll get your money back. Yeah. So here's the thing, though. They put all their videos on YouTube, which you can access for free. and Not a very good uh, business plan. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe some people... I would love to see how many people have purchased this, um, but there's no way to tell, obviously. So. so basically, I guess the exposed part of this is that, one, their beliefs, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if you believe in the occultism, I don't find anything wrong with kind of you know having an interest in occultism well, it's all fooey or yeah. it's all all of this stuff is you know not i i like to i guess learn about things like like i have a couple sets of tarot cards and i have a ouija board and that kind of thing but i don't believe in it and i know it's hard to say like i'm interested in it and say i don't well, believe in it at the same time but the reason i'm interested in it is because it is so interesting to me like from a cultural and social aspect like it's just fascinating yeah. that other people the are same thing i mean it. i watch those videos at night of uh <laughs> chills yeah 10 scary ghost videos that you won't believe and i don't believe yeah. in ghosts but it's fun to watch and like suspend your belief for a little bit or yeah. like kind of guess you know how they faked it or why these people believe it or mm-hmm. you know so yeah, I can understand. Yeah. So and I I think I mean I like the imagery. I mean, this may make me sound like a total poser, but I I think it's kind of cool like, you know, the imagery of like the constellations and like the astrology. And like it, it's just kind of like, you know, I like that type of vibe, but I I, on, I honestly do not believe in any of it. I do however think things like probably fail his test. <laughs> I do think things like tarot cards or runes and stuff if if you want to 
practice with them. I think they're beyond like a divine or celestial interceding with your reading. It, it is more up about self-reflection. Um, so like if I ever was to use my tarot cards in a way for myself or for somebody else, it would be more about like, okay, this is turning over a possible new way to look at my problem or the issue I'm having and kind of cause some self-reflection, which I think you could do very well without the tarot cards, but that might be something that a fun way to force yeah, somebody to Yeah, exactly. Because do you really sit down and self-reflect that much without a tool? I guess yeah. it's a tool to make you aware of what you're thinking about. But beyond that, I I don't believe so, in any type of... So it sounds like to me, these the new Don uh-huh. took the old Don's <laughs> ideas and was trying to make money off of yeah, it. Yeah, and that's, I guess, what I would say the biggest expose is on this topic is it seems kind of like they're swindlers. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it seemed so, like the old Golden Dawn or the Grand Poobah, he, it seemed like they were more into, sure, some weird stuff, but yeah. it, like maybe studying religion as a whole, like like the overarching idea of religion and kind of link it all together. Mm-hmm. While this new version of it is more about trying to, you know, make a money off people that are interested in these sort of things, uh, yeah. interested in the occult. I would say that's a pretty valid summation. And yeah, and I think there are there are sects of the Golden Dawn out there. Now, this is not the same Golden Dawn that is a political party in Greece. Oh, okay. Those are neo-Nazis. Oh, okay. This is the Hermetic Society of the Golden Dawn. I'm just saying Golden Dawn for short because it's a long thing to say. There are ones that still kind of keep up with temples and you can actually go in person and like join the temple and do invoking of Pentagon rituals with them (laughs) and and call out to the Egyptian gods and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, like I would be interested to go to a temple and just see what people are doing there. I mean, it's fascinating to me, but yeah. And I, I, are those ones scams? I don't know that I would call those scams necessarily, but but I'm sure they ask for tithing or whatever. They might. I mean, pretty much any church does. So Mm. are we calling all churches scams? Oh, bingo, bingo. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I mean, we don't, I don't want to say, I think if you get something out of it, if you get something personal peace, if you find guidance with your life, as long as you're treating people in a respectful manner, other people, then I don't care what you do, you know. Maybe yeah. it's good for you and maybe it's working for you. And maybe you can... it's working for you using the pentagons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. If you're doing it in a way that is respectful to other people and it's enriching your own personal experience on this planet, go for it. So anyway, that's kind of all I had for the Golden Dawn. But we do have some other ideas here for tonight's podcast. So stay tuned and we're going to take a short break. next section i have gotten out my affirmations tarot set um these are really cool tarot card sets that have animals on them i'm shuffling them here um they're very cute they're not they're not like a traditional deck that's kind of intimidating or weird looking i mean intimidating 
the most intimidating card is death, but he's even walking through like a valley of flowers. We've got like a tiger meditating. We've got a turtle hanging out with some flowers. So it's just a lot of cute little animals and they're all illustrated. So I'm going to ask Will to give me a question and I'm going to do a quick tarot reading for him here just to round out our occult section. What's your question, Will? I don't know. Let's just ask about in the coming year, well, will we, are we going to be doing like lots of travel? Like what's our, what kind of travel will we be doing? Let's ask that. Okay. Okay. So we're going to pull a card. And the card we pulled is the Emperor. Now I'm looking to see what kind of interpretation we can do for the Emperor. The wise father figure of the tarot invited you into his study with a sifter of brandy and a frank chat about what it is that you want from life. Sounds like my father. <laughs> his influence can help you distill your many vague and overlapping dreams into a few concrete goals. He's the real success and power deal, and he's carrying around a golden orb to prove it. Let's put these guys in gold. <laughs> Admire the determination and steadiness it takes to achieve such slay. Then find those qualities within and bring them front and center. If you do the work, you can accomplish anything. So basically, how I would interpret that is that if we work hard enough and save enough money, we can go traveling this year. Oh, well, that sounds like a He's pretty obvious solution. <laughs> <laughs> and there you, you go, from that. Self-reflection. Obviously, you can ask it better questions, and you can do different types of um, draws where you have different card arrangements meaning different things. Um, but yeah, that's in essence a very basic tarot card reading. Here we are back with Will, my hubby. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Real quick, before we do anything else, I want to take a little quiz with Will. We're joining the Grand Poop or the Golden Dawns. Uh, we're going to assess. Is that what we're actually doing? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to assess what your magic power is, Will. Okay. So first, I want you to pick a color. Silver, purple, white, green, or blue. Okay. Tell me it. Oh, silver. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like a magic trick where I had to keep it secret. No. Choose a location that appeals the most to you. Forest, ocean, temple, club, city, masquerade ball. You know I'm all about that clubbing. <laughs> I know that's not the one that appeals the most to you. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say the city. Okay. Choose an animal. Dragon, cat, raven, bear, Owl or octopus? Is this like a BuzzFeed quiz? Or? It's not on BuzzFeed. <laughs> it's on brainfall.com. Okay. I'll, I'll be the owl. Wisdom. Pick a drink. Tea. Water. Margarita. Wine. Scotch on the rocks. I'll definitely, yeah, scotch on the rocks. Even though you don't usually take it on the rocks. I like it neat, but it's... There is a none of the above option, but I think that's lame. Yeah, and scotch on the rocks, I think it's close enough. Okay. Choose a superhero. These are all women. What does this have to do about the gold? It's going to tell us if you can predict the future, okay? Okay. Emma Frost, Susan Storm, Jean Grey, Catwoman, Mystique, or Saturn Girl? Well, Emma Frost and Jean Grey both have psychic abilities, so I'm going to go with Jean Grey just because 
I want to be able to predict the future. Okay. Is Take it, a, oh. a tool. A tool, okay? Pen. Knife. Axe. Shovel. Pendulum. Mirror. Pendulum? What a kind of weird... Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll go with pen. <laughs> Shoes. High heels. Moccasins. Boots. Sneakers. Sandals. Or barefoot. Well, uh... <laughs> I guess moccasins because I don't I don't wear high heels. <laughs> I mean, you can wear boots. Yeah, moccasins. Okay, okay. Me. Questions are there? Brainfall. Pick a number. Seven, four, nine, two, three, one. Is that one number? No. Oh, I'll do four. Oh, we're on eight of ten. Body part. Hand. Head. Foot. Heart. Solar plexus. Mm. Or none of the above. I'll pick the heart. This is your last one. You're going to pick a word. Okay. Nature. Mind. Body. Lost. Power. Change. I'll pick mind. Okay, your results. All right, Well, your results, your magic power is telekinesis. Oh, awesome. You can move objects with, with your mind and always seem to have answers for everything. People ask for your advice and you can always provide the perfect solution to any problem. So I can't see the future or I can see the future? You cannot see the future but you can move objects with your mind. Oh, sounds like a fair trade-off. Well, you know what it's time for? What is it time for? It is time for some weird news stories that we found around, um, I just wanted to, I had a lot of fun with this last week, so I thought it would be kind of fun to do again. I want to just do the first one real quick. Last week we talked about a cow in Florida that was very fast and had great fence jumping skills and had been on the loose since January. So two months of the run, they have caught fast cow and um, they lured it into an enclosed area and a farmer is keeping it safe until they can figure out what they're going to do with it because nobody's claiming fast cow. So. For the time being, it's safe at least from wandering onto the highway like it had done many times and it won't be hit, um, but it's still waiting to find its permanent home. All right, Will, what story do you have for us? I have a story about a British club that attempts the Guinness Book of World Records. Yes, that Guinness Book of World Records for largest netball lesson. I don't know what, what is net- netball. <laughs> I assume it's like soccer or football if football. you're European. Uh, a netball club in Britain said it might have a set a new Guinness World Record by holding a netball lesson for more than 420 children. Blaze it. <laughs> the Worldly <laughs> Network Club said the mar- event March 12th, man, they're not self-isolating, March 12th, at the Ob- Abbey School in Reading, Berkshire, England, featured more than 420, blaze it, children participating in the 40-minute lesson to learn the basics of the sport. What? What is Guinness doing? These, these, <laughs> why is this a record? <laughs> the record attempt raised more than $900 for charity sport oh, relief. That's why. Organizers said one of the aims of the record attempted was to inspire more girls to get involved with netball and other sports. Oh, cool. So, did they set the record? It just said record attempted. Was that from before March 14th or 12th or whatever? Uh, this article was posted on March 19th. Okay, well... Um, you look for the results there, and I'll talk about my next story. Elephants. This is in China. Elephants broke onto a farm because people have been quarantined. They haven't been able to, you know, get out there and and do as much. So the elephants, a herd of 14, broke into a farm, came across 30 kilograms of corn wine, and proceeded to get very drunk. 
That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Two of the males passed out in a nearby tea garden. And um, there is a makeup brand called Drunk Elephant. And this just made me think of it and laugh because... Were the elephants okay? Um, I think they ended up to be okay. They probably they sobered had, up? Yeah, they sobered up. They probably had a little bit of a hangover the next day. But overall, they were okay. Nothing some peanuts can't fix. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of peanuts. Um, I have one more elephant story. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the Indian rail system has installed honeybee sound systems on their railways basically to protect elephants. So how this works is the Northeast Frontier Railway said that it's Moradabad Division, that's the town, um, villagers spot the elephants coming towards the railway system and tell workers who then turn on the bee sound. And evidently, elephants are very afraid of bees, so they turn around and don't come onto the tracks. And this has been an effort that's been successful in saving elephants from meeting their demise on the train tracks. So I thought that was kind of cool. What else you got for me, Will? A Florida man, yes, that <laughs> Florida man, was arrested because, he, for, or twice for, for the same charge for pretending to be uh, an officer or a police officer. And the reason why he pretended to be a police officer was he didn't want to pay road, road tolls. So basically what he would do is he would drive up to the toll and he would pretend to flash a badge and oh, that's... To, get, <laughs> to, get, to get off of paying the toll. Guess how much the toll was? What? It was $2. So this guy is facing, <laughs> you know, a, lo- a long time in jail yeah. for $4. <laughs> well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Maybe it was the thrill of it. Maybe it was, you know... A lifelong dream of his. To be a police officer? Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. I also have a story about a woman who bought a goldfish. And she said it started as a two-fish long... Two-fish long? (laughs) Two-inch long goldfish she Uh won in a carnival. But now has grown into a huge flesh-eating monster. Her words, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) I have nothing against goldfish. Big or small. Uh, But anyways, yeah. She said she bought it. And it just slowly started devouring everything in the tank. And he's already outgrown two of his tanks, costing her more than 1,000 pounds or $1,300 per place. Well, here's my deal. I think that lady's kind of dumb because, first of all, if you don't buy a bigger tank, your fish will stop growing. That's the way fish are programmed to be. Like, they only grow to their environment size. Well, and And fish are weird. They, they definitely, like, pick on each other. So yeah, once it started eating one of the fish, I would have separated that out. Hey. I, I feel like she kind of let that happen. Gerald. Gerald's the goldfish's Gerald. name. Gerald the goldfish. Gotta have that alliteration there. <laughs> My last story involves a Mississippi hard hat. So basically, five years ago, a man working in Belshassie, Louisiana, near New Orleans, um, lost his hard hat when his hard hat fell into the Mississippi River. Fast forward to this week, Liam McNamara, who is from Ireland, he is a member of the Burren Shores and Beachcombing and More Facebook group, said that he found a hat on the beach in Fanor County, Clare, and didn't know where it came from so he went to social media to help tracking down its owner um the hat had a custom paint job it was the purple and gold colors of louisiana state university it had an intact sticker bearing the name of the international union of operating engineers local 25 and that helped him get in contact with matthew bonnet which was the owner of the hat so basically the hat traveled down the gulf of mexico out 
into the Atlantic Ocean and wound up five years later on the shores of Ireland and eventually like a, back to Louisiana. It's like a message in a bottle. Yeah, kind of originally back to Louisiana where it's now back with its original owner. So I thought that was kind of a weird, you know, fateful trip for a hat. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. It's like the sisterhood of traveling pants, but in hat form. <laughs> All right. Did you have any other ones, Will? Uh, nope. That was my, I can make one up. <laughs> that's okay <laughs> so um that is all we had for today's episode we're just kind of doing what we can with what we've got here in our um semi-self-isolated i mean i'm still going to work and everything and i guess i went to the store today but not much else to do so we hope we get gave you guys a little bit of entertainment that's about it am i supposed to say some final words or you want to say some final words final thoughts I could tell a story about my half-sister and the Ouija board. If you want to. So the, she was like really into the Ouija board. She's one of these people that whenever you move into a house, it's always haunted. Okay. There's always some sort of ghost there. Does she sage it? Does she like burn sage and cleanse? I have no idea what she does. Okay. Other than the fact that she invents ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I, when we were kids, uh, she had this apartment and she would tell us stories about how one day she was sitting on the couch and uh this is this is how old this will date me but i mean i was a kid this time so they not already that know old. approximately how old okay. i am so anyways she said there was a vcr that had that kept the vhs kept going in and going out going in and injecting over and over again and then <laughs> she like heard some footsteps or something like that and ran out of the house so so, you know, a, a logical person would just leave, would just get the hell out of the house and move. Well, I mean, I don't think I'd move out of my house. I would probably be like, okay, there's a malfunction in my VCR. Sure, sure. And I guess you can't really just afford, like, that's one thing I, ne I never got in, like, in horror movies. Like, why don't they just move out? Why don't they just leave? Well, I mean, they just down payment on a house. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, you know, they got a mortgage. You know, you don't just get up and leave if no. you have a mortgage. You know, you can handle some ghost stuff. For, you know, <laughs> if the mortgage, if you're getting a good interest rate, I, I yeah, would handle blood coming down the wall. You refinanced right now and you got like a really awesome yeah, interest rate. I'd be okay with, uh, you know, some guy haunting me. But anyways, we would we would go over there and she was, at this time, she was really into all this stuff. And she had a Ouija board and she you know, we would go up to the her like it was a two story apartment, which was kind of weird. But like the second story was kind of so like this an, was an apartment that was haunted. Yeah, like makes that is kind of weird too. Okay, sure, sure. You know, maybe Indian burial ground. <laughs> an old land, knows? an old landlord died there or something. <laughs> but yeah, so she would she would move it around. Well, I always guessed and spell out things that like try to scare us. And basically, she would like. Basically, the the ghost would just point out things that were in the, you know, in the room with us. But like, oh, there's a poster in the corner. Oh my god, I'm so scared. <laughs> but the main thing, the main thing that happened is one time, my brother and my sister and I were at staying over at my half sister's place, and she comes running down the stairs, like freaking out. She grabs us and takes us out of the apartment, and we're like, what's going on? And we and she comes goes back into the apartment and comes back out and goes back in and comes back out and she says she heard footsteps coming up and down the staircase and running around but when she went to go see who was there there was nobody so 
But yeah, and she's had several houses that have been haunted since this event. Maybe, you know, a a thing that my wise roommate, former roommate told me was that, so we moved into a house and um, he had cleansed it. He had Uh, gone into every room and banished any type of evil spirits or anything. Banished them. But when our other roommate came in, he said that he'd had a feeling. So basically, um, he said that it wasn't the house that was haunted. It was the roommate. So he was taking the personal demons around with him. Oh, no. So maybe that's what your sister has is personal haunting, personal ghosts haunting her. Kind of like the paranormal activity. I have never seen any of those. But yeah, kind of like they're. How do you get rid of a personal haunting? An exorcism? exorcism? I don't know. Well, that's being possessed, I thought. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you would go... um, bathe in a sage puree puree um mm. maybe roll around in a little bit of like essential oils <laughs> essential oils yeah a lot of lavender maybe some I think mint so. aromatherapies <laughs> drink some tea <laughs> that's that's the best way to have get, a massage get best way. <laughs> you just walk Spa in day. <laughs> I, I earned this i am being personally haunted yeah haunted so. i need to you know cleanse myself of the spirit yeah. of uh i've, the I've never dong. experienced any type of haunting myself i've never experienced anything and maybe it's because i'm a skeptic person at heart so anything that has ever happened that maybe could have been interpreted as haunting i'm like oh it's just this or well, whatever yeah you know? that's a kid i believed her so i you know back then i was like oh there's something going on I, that, yeah but now thinking back on it i'm like she definitely was just. Well, she lived in an apartment out. that yeah. had two-story apartments in it, so couldn't it have just been like the neighbor? No, it was like, like the apartment itself was two floors. Yeah, but weren't there other apart? Like there was other people yeah, living yeah. in the building. I don't know what it was, but at the time, you know, she freaked us out, and I don't know if it was she was trying to do that on purpose, or <laughs> I mean, she's had other houses that she said are haunted, so okay. I don't know. All but, right, well. You never know, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's never a bad idea to to try to like give some positive juju into a place. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> juju, juju, juju beans. Anyway, we are gonna sign off for the night. Um, see you next week. And remember <laughs> to keep sipping that tea. <laughs> Thanks for the new sign off, Lil. <laughs> bye bye. this probably so i have to hold still hold still as much as possible (laughs) mr complaining
over here.